Welcome to the Crimes and Dimes podcast, entertaining you with stories about famous financial fraud so that we can decipher where white-collar criminals went wrong. Let's go fishing! Welcome back to Crimes and Dimes. I'm Josh Kraftchik with Rob Tamburi, Andrew Saltman. Today we are going to discuss our friends Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. You know the song from Disney? Well, Robin Hood, the trading platform at least, with all of the... Uh, Great publicity they've gotten over the last couple of weeks. Is that like, wait, Little John? What is this in reference to? <laughs> you don't remember Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest? I remember a cartoon. Like it's a cartoon, Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, over your head. You have kids. You should be watching that. But anyways, we're talking about Robin Hood. They were fined $65 million before all of this uh, tomfoolery started with the trading. And it's just craziness. Rob, well, with your experience working back up in New York, what do you what are your thoughts on what Robinhood did? Well, I can tell you, working at a registered investment advisor in Atlanta and going through a couple of SEC audits, you know, it, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to know about the disclosure that you need. And trading fees and backdoor compensation, um, it's always been the, on the eye of the Securities and Exchange Commission. You know, if you, if you read what they've been fined for, and I don't know whether they pled guilty of this, but they were getting, um, you know, they were getting additional margins. They were getting inferior trading prices um, and they weren't getting best execution. And that's one of the first things the SEC looks for. Are, is it a best efforts, best execution uh, environment? According to this, the customers are deprived $34 million, probably in whatever period they were looking at. Yeah, I mean, Robinhood has turned into a major platform. I mean, they started... 2015, I, I was reading somewhere just in the state of uh, like Connecticut alone, they have a billion dollars of assets. So they have a lot of money on this platform. What they were doing is what they were taking, you buy a stock for a dollar, they really got it for 98 cents and they were just cooking, cooking the margin into your trades and saying it was free with their fireworks and making it a game. That's what I've heard. Well, what took so long? I mean, the owners became billionaires before this even got picked up on. So what, what took so long? How come this isn't picked up on sooner? Well, I think that's a very common thing with a lot of SEC investigations. It just takes time to get on the radar. But um, it just goes to show you that the public still perceives you can get things for free, Andrew, and that's just not the case. Yeah, they're just ignorant. Ignorance is bliss. I mean, th this company was founded in 2013. It's seven years old. And they became billionaires within seven years. Vladimir Tenev is, uh, I don't know, he's, shoot, he's 34, 33, you know, became a billionaire with his partner. And, you know, it's like Facebook, it's the speeding ticket when uh, allegedly they knocked off the Winklevoss idea, you know, they had to pay him off to go away. You know, it's like a small speeding ticket to, to get to this, these wealth numbers and but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it, it's interesting, you know, Gen Z and Gen, uh, Gen what is it, Gen Z and, and millennials, right? These are the yep. two that are, are trading on it. it. They're ignorant of 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 what's going on or what what life. Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember when I worked at one of the big financial institutions, and they came out with free trades to um, make sure they wouldn't lose users. To these platforms such as Robinhood, you know, all the big players are offering free commissions now. Yeah, but they, they want you to keep a minimum in there, right? So it's somewhat levied, right? Exactly. But I mean, if I'm paying seven dollars a trade, 
that's not, that's going to stop me. That's not, that's going to keep me from, I'd want to go to a different platform on that. If someone's going to give me free trades. Cause I mean, you have people making hundreds of trades a year if you're an active trader. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Cause what they're doing is they're lending your money out to margin investors, making the money on the margin to give you the free trades. One thing I find fascinating is how simplified life has gotten over the years. And I think the young kids out listening to this, you know, need to understand that everything in life is not informal. So, you know, many, many years ago, dating my age back in the 80s, you would trade a stock, you'd have to wait for the confirmation, they would give you your commission chart on how you you would pay this. Now, with this colorful confetti, I mean, I agree with the, uh, you know, the people here, they, they're turning it into a game, like it's just play money. And it's given the symbolism that it's not important. And um, like you said, and I, I agree with the Massachusetts uh, secretary here, William Galvin, that there, it's a tactic to kind of make you play and you're playing with real dollars. I remember at school at Florida State, we actually did an investment game in one of the finance classes where we had play money and we would you know, pick stocks. And at the end of the class, whoever had the greatest return would get like a bonus on their grade. Uh, however, when you compare what that looked like compared to Robin Hood, it's uh, apples and bowling balls. <laughs> it's completely different because with that, you were actually trading on a platform. You had to like put in the orders and everything like that. With Robin Hood, it's like sign up, get your free stock. Yeah, they get free stock. They were given free stock, right? Yeah, you sign up, you got a free stock. It'd be a random stock. So you don't know what it would be. So imagine you signed up, your free stock is AMC. So how do they afford that free stock? Do we know? Well, they chose which stocks they gave away and it's only one share. Yeah. So, I mean, if you sign up, you get your free stock, your stock's five bucks. I mean, that doesn't cost them very much. But I guess the question is, how do they accumulate the stocks and how do they choose which stocks do they give people? Was it truly random? I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you, day trading is becoming a problem. Now, there's an article in here talking about the guy that did 12,700 trades in six months with no investment experience. I mean, does anybody that day trade have investment experience? I don't think any of the trading firms vet on what your qualifications are. And that's probably going to become some type of class action lawsuit going forward that, you know, they were encouraged to do this. Andrew, you remember um, when we spoke about that, that kid that last year? That was on Robin Hood. He, on Robin Hood. He was doing and he killed himself. Yeah, he was doing an, an, an option strategy and his funds didn't settle. And since he had margin on the account, it showed his account at a negative $700,000 balance. And he put himself into such a whirlwind, he decided to throw himself in front of a wow. train. Well, that's not a guy that should be doing options trading, but that's something else. <laughs> so, but the thing is, I mean, these, these firms do have a responsibility on who they give power to, to make these trades, because these, when it comes down to it, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get lucky and make a lot of money fast. However, over the course of time, if you don't know what you're doing, that money will quickly start to dwindle. Yes, it will. I bet you 90% of day traders in the long run lose a lot of money. It's, this is, ga it's gambling. Okay. Gambling. It's, this is gambling, but it's a legal version of, unfortunately, it's a legal version of gambling. And that's what's happening. You know, send them to Vegas, go play craps, go play blackjack. It's the same concept, except they're allowed, you know, maybe, maybe it, it, it doesn't need to be allowed. I don't, and you say people are winning, Josh, 
I've day traded. I got sucked into this stuff too. I ain't effing winning, man. I ain't effing, you know what I mean? Like you're up for like a minute, but most of the time it's, it's not good. You know? Yeah. And, and behind that, you have, to wait. you have to wait for the stock to go back up. So it's not like snap, snap, snap. It's like, all right, I, I lost. Now I got to wait for the stock. And that, that takes time. Yeah. So, and I mean, when you're playing with a thousand dollars, $3,000, and that's all the money you have to your name <laughs> and you're day trading it. Uh, yeah. That's not a, that's not a solid investment strategy. I, I, no, I, I actually think they need to ban day trade. I, I'm, <laughs> Do you think there do you do you think there should be a limit on how old you can be to start trading, like a drinking age? I don't know about that, but Andrew, I would challenge you on that one because you always need speculators in the market because you always want someone to take the position that the other person doesn't want, the, the unpopular position, right? You want to unload a bunch of shares and there's no one willing to buy them. If I buy them from you on a speculatory basis, I'm taking some possible extra risk. So I agree. It needs to be tightened up a little bit. But Josh, why don't you tell us about GameStop, GameStop and what happened here with Robinhood? More problems, I see. This happens a lot. I mean, Rob, do you remember when there was ever a short squeeze, like when you were working in the investment firms? I mean, they happen. They're just, they don't happen too often. But when they do, it always hits the front page of the newsstands. But never to this magnitude. No. This is unbelievable. Basically, since Robinhood was nice enough to sell data to hedge funds, and hedge funds are now competing against pretty much kids and novice investors, and they know exactly what positions they're going into. These hedge funds decided to short GameStop because GameStop's basically turned into the blockbuster video games. Like, I mean, Andrew, your, your son, does he go into stores to buy games or is it all just online now? The cartridges are like this big, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> they used to be this big. Now they're, I don't even know, they're microchips. Yeah, they remind me of like Zoolander's cell phone from the movie Zoolander when yeah. he pulls out the little cell phone. Like that's how big the games are for well, the you Nintendo download, Switch. Uh, you download half the games and then you got to buy some of the other ones. But I mean, I mean, he's hooked on Fortnite. I mean, forget, that's a freaking Ponzi in itself. That's, I mean, not in a Ponzi, but that guy's, you know, he thought of, hey, I'm going to sell items instead of paying for the game gives the game away for free and then yeah. you gotta yeah. buy shit every time you know? i mean he's making a couple hundred bucks a year off me well it's the same thing with robin hood you get the platform for free and then yeah. you gotta pay for the stocks without knowing it's about like it a drug addict, man it's like giving out your free drugs man and getting them hooked yeah. god damn in that in that dopamine drip <laughs> let's but, uh, give the podcast away for free <laughs> But yeah, I mean, with GameStop, so these hedge funds were shorting it because they're like, all right, GameStop's going under. But uh, all of these people on Reddit decided to come together and start putting all of their money into GameStop. And so what ended up happening is the hedge fund's now losing money at an alarming rate. So in order to combat, though, the hedge funds have so much money, they're like, all right, we took a short position. Let's put money into the other position, too, so we can get out and mitigate our losses. And then before you know it, the stock goes up from single digits to triple digits in a matter of what days, minutes. I don't even know. It's fitting that they're called Robin Hood, right? It's hashtag Robin Hood. Steal from the rich to give to the poor. Ironic. Yeah. Very ironic. Well, as they say um, in the show Breaking Bad, Gustavo, the uh, meth kingpin, he's like, you just hide in plain sight. (laughs) 
That's what they did. They're like Robin Hood, steal from the rich, give to the poor. We're a free platform. And on the back end, they're charging you for the stocks that they're giving away for free. And then they're selling all of your info to the uh, major yep. players. Well, what really should have happened is that they should have halted the trading on GameStop. I don't like the fact that Robin Hood was preventing people from trading, making that unilateral decision. I mean, the trading should have been halted by the exchanges. That's the way you solve the problem. Definitely. And people were pissed. Like, it, it was crazy. Like, it pretty much broke the internet. Um, I've never personally traded on Robinhood. Um, but I know, like, lots of people, like, I saw on the message boards, people were putting money in the GameStop just to be part of, like, the cause. It was, like, a rally <laughs> on the internet. Did you guys watch Dave Portnoy? Yeah, on Barstool. Oh, man. He, he's, he's, he's hilarious. He loves this. He loves it. He throws millions and millions into it. He's like, I don't care if I lose $2 million. I'm in it for the memes. So he can make his memes about big hedge fund. Well, I mean, with that, Dave, Davey Day Trader, he calls himself. Yeah, I mean, he, so that's another thing. I mean, not in Robin Hood, but I mean, he does it for marketing purposes. He literally just goes on Facebook Live. He's just out there just, you know, buying crap. You're losing millions of dollars because he doesn't care because he has the bankroll to do it. But I mean, when you're a first time trader, and you got five grand to your name, you shouldn't be doing those things. No, five grand's a lot. I think a lot of these people have 100 to 500 bucks and it's just mass quantities. I think Reddit had 6,800 investors worth like 500 bucks each, you know, which <laughs> I don't know what the math is on that, but well. Six mil? Not enough. But I mean, maybe it's 5,000 each. Whatever it was, uh, when I ran the numbers, it was like it, too big for a calculator. You know, well, I was like, <laughs> they do have more than the hedge fund. Maybe they have to go back to 100 share minimums like they did 30 years ago. That that was designed to keep the lower players out. Yeah, I mean, Rob, have you come across any interesting Robin Hood um, trades doing any returns? Um, no, but I, what I have run into – are older people with the buy and hold strategy that held too long. And uh, General Electric is a great example. I have a lot of elderly clients that, you know, held GE for years. And, you know, when they ran into big financial trouble, sold out and lost 80% or more of their money. Yeah. So buy and hold doesn't always work. And they had big positions in GE? Big, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not like huge positions, but... Well, you know, General Electric was the best performing stock during the 90s, early 2000s. Well, I mean, who was their guy? ML? Was it ML? Welch? Welch? I think it was Welch. Welch. Welch, right. Welch, yeah. Big, yep. big CEO. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, things like that. I mean, what goes up must come down. And unfortunately, I mean, a lot of people thought GE was too big to fail. But Well, it's like my, my favorite expression, everything has a shelf life, right? I mean, Arthur Anderson, no one ever expected they'd go out of business. GE may not always be gold. Um, you know, the AT&T now is just a really a uh, conglomeration of a bunch of, you know, the baby bells and I don't even know what it's like, not even nearly the same company as it was. AT&T had gotten into trouble. It's craziness. I mean, with all the games and everything, how it's di dictated on just the computer screen. So, I mean, also AMC was in this picture as well with all the, uh, the trading and everything. Um, do we think AMC and people are going to go back to the movies anytime soon? Probably not. Didn't they make money on this? Didn't they like make enough to float for a while? They made like nine hundred million, I thought. Yeah, they're able to like do something with their debt, so I believe this actually helped them out. 
Yeah, so um, the movie theaters might not go away. So I kind of like that aspect of it, like the people save the business. You know, if you know if they if they really support a business genuinely in a <laughs> not not and screw the rich guys, but I mean, sure, why not? But um, you know, hey, let's save the movies. You know, temporarily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind of like that idea, and that's a way. That's a method to do it. If you, but you got it's it's the masses, man. It's moving the masses, getting them yeah. grouped together and doing that stuff. And what I'd like to know because it's kind of Ponzi in its own way about the level of margin activity right now. I mean, if we had a 3,000, 4,000 drop in the market, I wonder how many margin positions would be called and what would that would, and whether that would further drive prices down. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm sure people are over leveraging in margin, which margin, if you don't know what it is, it's borrowing money to buy more stock, which like a credit card, if you use wisely, it can be a valuable position and a valuable tool um, to use, but if you take too much and the markets decide to do uh, a correction, go down five ten percent, which is normal um, in markets, uh, you're going to be forced to sell your position. And if you don't sell your positions in time, these companies just go in and sell for you. And that's the key to the to the listening audience. It isn't like you borrowed the money and one day you'll pay it back because you know eventually the stock will go back up. They will liquidate your positions to cover their losses. Rocky, like Rocky coming out, you know, he's going to come and he wants his money. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Gambino family is going to come find you. Rents due. To Andrew's point, I'm not a big regulation guy, but even I agree, this has gone too far. I mean, some level of regulation is going to have to be necessary because the people who are getting, the people who are ignorant, either intentionally or unintentionally, they're turning this into a game. And I do believe that to be the case. They're also getting burned. A lot of these people who don't know what they're doing are losing their money. Like I saw articles of, you know, probably 22, 25 year old kids, you know, that maybe had five, 10 grand. It's gone, you know, and yeah. they're like, well, I may never trade again, or they just couldn't figure out, Hey, you had to sell high. You had to, you had to get rid of it. They, everybody's saying still hold, still hold. Diamond hands is this thing called, they're calling it now, hold, hold, hold. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, day trading's tough, man. I hear some people can make money doing it, but most. Well, I think part of the big problem is everybody gets their news from the same six channels, right? So everyone's reinforcing their own behavior. No one has any real inside news or trend analysis on these particular stocks. So it's like, it's the same thing everyone's seeing. It's a, it's a frenzy. Yeah, I think the minimums is an interesting idea. Like a course people have to pass. I mean, that would be a great way to educate people on how to invest their money. Yet when you're on a platform such as Robinhood, you're, you're selling free stocks and you want people to sign up and start trading as fast as possible. And that sort of model doesn't support that. Yeah, I mean, you know, have your friend take the test for you. Yeah, there's... There's always going to be workarounds, but I, you know, the minimum sounds interesting. Raising that minimum to, you know, to 2000 bucks or 5,000, whatever it is, find out what these average traders are doing it at and raise it so they get them out of there. And within a certain lower range, maybe you're required almost like to have a margin. You have to have maintained some level of cash at these accounts as a safeguard just to have some protection money. I don't know. There, there, there has to be a way to do this. But you can't be playing with confetti flags on your phone, you know, 
burning all your money away because your bestie says Tesla is a great stock or some other company because you know the name is in the media and you have no idea about the company's financials. Right. All everything's getting pushed up through social media these days. These stocks price, you know, through social media, through momentum. There's no backing to any of these earnings anymore. It's I mean, I don't know, maybe there there wasn't back in the day either. But you know, that's kind of well, that's that's a real interesting topic. It's a very interesting yeah. topic. I mean, I've only, you know, I only have some, you know, solely so old, but you know, what I'm seeing, I mean, a lot of these stocks are not valued properly. Like, like Tesla is one of them. I mean, you know, Palantir is another one. They're betting on the future. You know, these are well, that's right. on the future. They're not betting today's earnings. So, well, you know, even when you're building a business, it's frustrating because you're like, shoot, how do we continue moving if we're losing money? It makes no sense. So it, it philosophically is, doesn't make sense. You're betting, continue to bet on the future. How do you, how do you pull earnings out of a business? If you continuously lose money, challenging concept. You have to invest for the long term. In the long term, the market is very rational. And in the short term, it's not. It's very psychologically and emotionally um, oriented. And that's where you guys come in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, look at Facebook. You know, they weren't making money and they they still had value, you know, but the, every kind, not, not everybody. That's like one in a million. That, that's the reality of it. They're so unique. Most companies can't do that. Yeah. That, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? Understand what you're getting into. <laughs> don't don't day trade. Don't day trade. Just watch, watch Davey day trader. Let him do his thing for the entertainment value. But at the same time, you got to remember that he's doing it for marketing purposes for his brand. So he can, I mean, even if he loses money, that's considered <laughs> marketing. <laughs> it's part of his marketing budget. He can burn it. You know, right. And I was going to say to the other traders out there, remember, you only hear about your friends winning trades. You don't hear about the losses. Oh, There's man. a lot of psychology in there. Yeah, you just keep your mouth, you lose, you keep your mouth shut and you don't tell anybody. No. <laughs> no. Exactly. Thank you for listening to the Crimes and Dimes podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time. And remember, don't get caught fishing. <laughs>